On this episode of The Popcorn Diet, we are debriefing and looking ahead after the emotional series finale of WandaVision. Get your popcorn ready. Welcome all you good movie buddies to The Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie, movie theater popcorn and other delicious snacks. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, we're back in Westview again. We How are. you feeling? I'm, I'm doing fantastic. It was a... Uh... It was a fun ride. Yeah. We we guessed at a lot of things. We took a lot of swings. There was a lot of swings and misses. Took some misses. A lot of misses. A lot of misses. Uh, but, but overall. We, we also had a couple of hits. A couple and, of hits. And let's be clear, regardless of the swings and misses, it was a fantastic time. Very satisfying. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Very satisfied. We'll talk about that in a little bit because I do want to. I, w- I do want to get into, uh, you know. I I think one of the more interesting conversations will come up a little bit later. But let's before we get into that. Wandavision is over, and from for all intents and purposes, I mean the episode nine title was titled the series finale, not the season finale, the series finale. So. For everything that's been put out in front of us, this is the last of WandaVision as we know it. And these characters clearly will continue living on throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But it's over. It's done. So let's take a tally and let's start. I kind of wanted to start with what didn't happen. What kind of big swings did we make that didn't happen? I think one of the biggest ones was Mephisto. We, we, we conjured up that name in a couple of our recap episodes and turned out not to be the case. Well, and let's be clear. He could still be out there. Sure. And he could still be part of future plans. Sure. Just we got no direct reference or appearance by him in this. It's like us saying, oh, it could be Thanos in Iron Man 2. Sure. Like, technically, we weren't wrong, mm-hmm. but we were just ahead of our time. But yes, Mephisto, which was a, who was a huge part, as we've said, a huge part of the House of M storyline in the comic books, a huge part of all of this supernatural, magic-type stuff. As a matter of fact, in episode eight, it seems as if the show directly said, like, Oh, you thought this fly was Mephisto? Screw you. We're going to feed the fly to the bunny. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay. And that is kind of why I kind of respect that because it it seems like it actively said, oh, you thought we were going here? We're not. I appreciate that. Well, and I think, you know, this maybe is something that people better get used to because we are in a phase of Marvel that is much more into magic and the supernatural and things like that and so with that you even had on the tent at one point in the circus something that said like um fool's guesses or something like that uh-huh, or uh-huh. Um, something along those lines yeah, uh, yeah it was like fool the guesser fool the guesser yes you son and, of a bitch marvel and part of me thinks this may be a phase of a lot of misdirection. You know, we even started out the the season with Jimmy Woo finally mastering some magic and, and some misdirection there. And he even did a little bit in this finale when he uncuffed his cuffs. Exactly. I don't remember what he said, but he said something like with flourish or something yeah. like. And, and so I think that may be a common trend throughout this where Marvel is so overanalyzed. People have kind of gotten into a rhythm with the first phase of yeah. like what they think each thing indicates and what's that's going to mean and what's that's going to trigger and who's coming next. And it almost felt like this was Marvel's way of being like, 
listen, we we still got some tricks up our sleeve. We, yeah, we still know how to surprise you. Things aren't things aren't always what they seem. So no, um, I feel like that could lead into you know a lot of common things. Like everybody thinks like a stinger is going to end with some big reveal, right. or we're going to get a cameo from someone, and we didn't get the Doctor Strange cameo. We never got Denzel or Reed Richards. My Denzel, my Denzel bet did not pay off. Yeah, and we don't even have any kind of confirmation of, you know, if any of these characters came from another dimension or right. multiverse. Like, right, because... That's not saying that it was ruled out, but we definitely didn't get any kind of confirmation that they were. Right, because even Quicksilver... Pietro turned out not to be it was just stunt casting it was just like ah ha ha we're gonna screw with you casting it it didn't have any deeper meaning Mm -hmm. like we were trying to explore like we were well this means something because why would they cast the Fox X-Men actor as Quicksilver in this it's so they could get off a boner joke like it's so that oh this was the Ralph she was talking about it wasn't Mephisto. It wasn't a demon or a devil. It was literally an actor named Ralph that looks like Evan Peters, who she turned into a, a stand-in for Pietro, who Agnes did. Mm-hmm. And that's genuinely an incredible like way to not only answer several questions, but also to answer them with, guess what? Wasn't that big of a deal. And I can't help but respect it and in hindsight when you watch episodes one through nine you kind of realize how dumb it would be or how distracting it would be to just have dr strange show up at the end to help or reed richards show up in a single episode like well it would be distracting and it would really remove agency from wanda and vision and the children if Doctor Strange was just like, I'm here to help. That being said, I didn't think, personally, I didn't think he was going to be an active participant in whatever end battle we had. Okay. I felt like he would be in the stinger. And instead, in the stinger, we got reference to who you and I believe is Nick Fury. Right. And we got one of the... Uh, the scrolls. The scrolls, yep. We yep. got different answers, different... Uh, I don't know what the word is. Well, Not answers, but different t- cliffhangers, different Well, and you, when you and I were talking before we started recording, it's good to remind everybody that in a previous film... In Spider-Man Far From Home. Spider-Man Far From Home. Yep. We find out that Nick Fury and Maria Hill are not actually Nick Fury and Maria Hill. No. It they are being played by two scrolls. Yep. And there's reference that they might be in space. Well, there's not. So I actually Or I guess the I reference watched this in clip. This, yes. That they might be in space. So I watched that that deleted or that ending scene again mm-hmm. and the two big points to make there is that A, those two scrolls were allies. Mm-hmm. They were there uh, as a favor for Nick Fury. Sure. Because B, Nick Fury was up in a space station in a little room made to look like a beach before he walks out and he's like, all right, people, let's get back to work. And he's in his like jammies yeah. on a space station. So that's different. That's that's a different scroll than what the traditional scrolls are are shown as in the comic books as as sure. as bad guys. Yeah. But that, there's several things that that could lead to, which we'll talk about near the end. We'll talk about where that could lead to. But we did. We got a bunch of different teasers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't get any multiverse, as you said. We got... Not that we know, at least. Not that we know. Sure. So all a ton of predictions were wrong. Just the stuff that we didn't get, right? Now, you and I have talked... You and I just said... We feel very satisfied with this. We had a great time going on this journey. I I personally really enjoyed it as a genuine exploration of grief and loss. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie. Like, I cried. I cried 
I think the last two episodes I cried when you see what she went through and how she created that and how she went through her loss. And then with this finale, everything that she went through, which, by the way, like, if you haven't figured out already, like, this, we're gonna just going to spoil the shit out of WandaVision. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you mm-hmm. haven't watched it by now, I don't know what to tell you. But an incredibly well-made story. And, and I don't care that it turned into, um, you know, super, super superheroes and villains shooting energy, like colorful energy at each other. I think there's a lot of people who, who go on Twitter and they're like, this thing was 70% weird and then the other 30% is just normal superhero stuff and they're mad about it or they're angry about it or they dock it for that. And I just disagree with that. Like, I just, I just enjoyed it. I thought particularly both the final battles, if you will, between Agatha and um, Wanda, Scarlet Witch, the true damn Scarlet Witch, and then Vision versus Vision obviously had some superhero fisticuffs, but were both resolved in incredibly creative ways. Number one... Vision literally beating himself with a logical quandary is incredible. It's just very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just very good. And the example that they use of the ship, the old ship that is in a museum, and how much of that ship is still that ship as it is constantly replaced, as the wood is constantly replaced. Because at some point, that ship will have no original wood from its historical you know, being and therefore not truly be that ship anymore. And to use that as a quandary between the two visions, fantastic. And to have the white vision just be like, I require elaboration. (laughs) It's incredible stuff and really, really satisfying. And just like, of course, that's how these two would, would figure it out. And then Wanda, and granted, Wanda and Agnes are throwing red and purple at each other. Cool. You know, we had... I. I saw a conversation on Reddit about, like, has there ever been a really good showdown using magic? It's like, well, I don't know. Dumbledore versus uh, Voldemort was pretty rad. Yeah. You know, I I I always thought they did the magic in Harry Potter pretty good. Mm -hmm. And I like this, too. Even though it was a bunch of poofy magic being thrown at each other, I love that Wanda used it strategically to create the runes Mm -hmm. on, on the walls of the town in the way that she was captured earlier, like that shows that she's learning and that she's smart and that it makes her dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I was into that. Like I was super into that. I was like, oh, you're in trouble. And then she gets the costume and it's just rad as hell. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, because I think it's well known as where I stand on it. I think stories are in the hands of storytellers. Mm-hmm. And I understand that when it comes to move like big companies like Disney and Marvel, they are at they they are at the behest of the consumer. The customer is always right. But stories are in the hands of the storytellers. And so I always I always wonder what it means to have those expectations that go unfulfilled. I've seen it on Twitter. People who are mad because they come up with a theory, and then that theory turns out not to be true. Well, how do you feel about that? Well, I think there's a couple aspects of this. You know, we're now a long ways into Marvel, you know, and so if this was coming out and it was the first thing Marvel had done, and just like Iron Man, right? you know, there still would be this to some degree. But now everybody's so obsessed with like kind of predicting what's going to happen as well as, you know, kind of navigating what should happen. Like, oh, they should do this or oh, they should do that. Like, it'd be awesome if we saw this. Right. And I think it's actually good that for the most part, again, like I love the balance Marvel has done of pulling from the comics, pulling from storylines but also telling an original story. So, yeah. you know, we've talked about before on previous podcasts how this pulled a lot from House of M. Right. But it wasn't House of M. 
No. You know, it, that it wasn't, was its own thing. That wasn't the story that it was telling. Mm-hmm. But it and, clearly pulled from it. I mean, even at the end, when Vision was disappearing, yeah. was li- an exact visual representation of the way people disappeared in that comic book. Sure. But that's the thing is like Marvel has always done a good job of paying homage to the comics and respecting some of the great visuals and scenes and lines mm-hmm. and different things from the comics mm-hmm. while at the same time saying we are going to t- tell a story the way that we want to tell it, the way that works best for the path that we have this universe on. Yep. And we're not going to disrespect the comics. Yep. You know, I think a lot of times what X-Men did was like disrespectful for the, to the comics <laughs> almost. You mean like turning one of the most important sagas of comic book, the Dark Phoenix, into the B plot of both times they tried to make those movies? That would be correct. Jesus. That would be one example. Boy. But with that being said, like I think that's where Marvel has done such a great job is like we're going to pull from these stories and a lot of times not those like mainstream ones that everybody knows and we're going to have little nuggets here and there. And sometimes it's going to be, we're going to tell a huge chunk of a comic right in the midst of this story. And I think it's incredible how they're able to do that in a cohesive way. Like the amount of different comics they're able to pull through right, and still do it in a way that makes sense. Right. And so my big issue with people on Twitter and social media, I mean, there's lots of issues I have with those people, but <laughs> at the same time... Just their general existence online. <laughs> just the general <laughs> existence of trolls. <laughs> is that, like, has Marvel... T- like, have we had a good time with Marvel this far? Like, of the 10 years we've been doing this, plus, plus more than that... Ten. Yeah, 10. More, uh, 13? 13 years now that we've yeah. been doing this. Have we had a good time? Has great have time. things gone very well throughout this universe? Great time. Do you think come WandaVision, when we're 13 years into this, we could give the MC give Kevin Feige a little bit of credit that he might know what he's doing? Yeah. That there's just a teensy chance that he knows better than you what he wants to do with this. Can we and just again, go along for the ride? Can we be told a story? Like, it's fine to be disappointed and be like, ah, I was really hoping that we'd get the Fantastic Four right. intro. That's fine. But that doesn't mean what we got was bad. Right. And again, and also, we know we're getting those sons of bitches exactly, later on. Exactly. We're getting everything. I mean, I don't, I don't know who's not represented at this point that in a future right? <laughs> thing that's been announced. I feel like I... I couldn't even sit here and name everything that's coming out off the top of my head. The only I would thing miss something. is X Men. That is still like, and even then, there's a rumor that they're developing a, a project. Yeah, and we'll take some guesses before we're done today, as far as things that we think this might be sure. triggering and things like that. Sure. But I mean, I think I enjoy guessing as much as anybody. Yeah, you know we've that's g- part we've of the guessed, fun. We've guessed right a few times. I love, you know, fantasy or dream casting. Who's going to be in the Fantastic Four? Uh-huh. I love doing all that stuff. But at the end of the day, like, I can't really nitpick at too much that the MCU has done, and I just am excited to watch this universe continue to expand. Yeah, I j- I love stories, and I love the stories that they're telling in the MCU. And yes, they're big and they're broad and they're loud. And are they as nuanced as, you know, Judas and the Black Messiah? Maybe not, but they tell really good stories. Like, you tell me right now, the biggest difference between something like Minari and WandaVision is that they have a battle with superpowers where is the negative? Like, WandaVision is still a very valuable and meaningful and, frankly, poignant story about grief and loss and and processing that. And if that doesn't work for you, that's cool. That's okay if it doesn't work for you. We are not here and we have never been here to say that you absolutely have to love something. But I do think that we are here to say that you don't have any right to be angry about something necessarily. 
Uh, not only that, but you have no right to argue with somebody about it. Because I'll admit, there's two movies that exist out in this world that make me physically angry. David, you know this. <laughs> we do. That make me physically angry. But I would never, ever denigrate somebody for liking those things. Ever. I'm not entitled enough and I'm not selfish enough to genuinely tell somebody that your opinion is wrong. Now, we can have fun discussions. We've had, we disagree all the time about things, but it's always done in a respectful discussion type of way. And I think like, that's my biggest issue with people who get angry when their fan cast doesn't work out or when their character doesn't do what they predicted they would do. There is just this sense of entitlement that we deserve to be told the exact story that we want to be told. Yeah. And it drives me crazy. It just drives me absolutely crazy. So I wanted to mention that, and I wanted to have a brief conversation about that because I think it's important. And I think that fandom should be about loving things. That's what fans are, you know? I mean, granted, fan is short for fanatic. Sure. And fanatics are mostly never great. But why, why, you know, why do a movie podcast if all you do is hate movies? Why watch something if this is what you hate? You know, what, what, what energy? I mean, you tell me all the time. We have these conversations all the time about real world stuff. Mm -hmm. And I admit, like, I am oftentimes on mm -hmm. the negative energy side of things when it comes to real world type things. We won't, that, that's for a whole different podcast. But I just don't understand people people's entitlement when it comes to being told a story it's true you know so all that being said let's talk about what did happen yep let's recap these last two episodes because we found out that agnes was in fact agatha harkness we got that whole lay you know that whole you you predicted how we would get the whole backstory mm -hmm. type thing on not only agnes but also Wanda, seeing how the entire thing came to pass, seeing that Vision wasn't pulled out of a multiverse. She was, he was genuinely created. She created him. Um, we saw all of that happen. We got a look at the Darkhold, which is the Book of the Damned, which, again, is never a good thing nope. to go messing around with no Book of the Damned, all right? And yet... This is how we leave the series off with her messing with the Book of the Damned. And then, of course, like, after all these big reveals, we see that the real, quote-unquote, vision, the vision's body, has been reassembled and brought back online and is the white vision. Mm -hmm. And then, literally, the next episode is basically it's just a two-parter. And it just goes right into, like, okay, we're in this shit. And we're, we're straight into battle almost immediately and uh obviously agatha and wanda go toe-to-toe -to -toe. there's a delightful wizard of oz reference that i really enjoyed agatha's uh, boots underneath the car mm -hmm. just like great great reference really got a kick out of it uh white vision showing up nearly quash squashing wanda's head like a grapefruit and then the vision the visions fighting each other the witches fighting each other freaking Tyler, you know, I keep forgetting that guy's last name, but, you know, Agent Douchebag coming mm -hmm. in trying to rile things up. We get Monica Rambo using her superpowers to take Evan Peters out of his hex. We find out that he's not from another multiverse. He's literally an actor played by Evan Peters, like we said. Yep. A lot of stuff happened, man. Um, and here's where, we, here's where we end up. White Vision, still alive out there somewhere yep and i i had thought we weren't going to get another vision i thought we were going to be done with vision and paul bettany i mm -hmm. thought they were going to destroy each other or whatever but literally like we said their uh their logical conclusion was genuinely a delight and so he's out somewhere he's out as well as the other vision you know talks about how they've said goodbye multiple times before uh-huh and so there's probably a good chance they'll see each other it's again. A reason, it's reasonable to assume we'll say hello again. Mm -hmm. That shit made me cry. I'm not going to lie. I'm a big old softy. But like the, when he was saying, like, I started out as a with nobody, then an enemy's body. And now, like, 
Mm-hmm. And he says, like, imagine what I'll be next. Yep. Very hopeful in, in the sadness and the loss. Something that Wanda didn't get last time, you know. Um, Agnes still alive, trapped in her, or Agatha still alive, trapped in her Agnes persona. Mm-hmm. Um, Nosy neighbor. You know, a special kind of hell, and yet also, because she calls Wanda cruel. She said, no, you're cruel to do that to me, to trap me in this, right? Yeah. But she also says, like, you know, I'll be seeing you, or, or like, no one will bother you. Yeah, well, and, and... I don't know. And she also, you know, because if we go back to what we've talked about on previous podcasts, in the comics, Agatha was a mentor from like a witch standpoint yes. and we get that a little bit not in a direct traditional mentor relationship but no. over the course of you know it seems like about a day that the two of them spent together she obviously learned things she learned about mm-hmm. the runes mm-hmm. and she you learned know, about the scarlet witch she learned about the book uh-huh. uh, that obviously that she took as well and frankly agnes did like I mean, listen, Agnes was evil. They're fighting at the end. She's trying to steal her power. But Agnes is also just like, you don't know what you're doing. Like, the language that she uses is one of, like, I I know. I'm educated. You know? And that's that's interesting. Yeah. And so I think with that, it sets up for, I mean, I think Catherine Hahn is just so great that it'd be a waste to just have her disappear into, like, this... I'm not able to, you know, do anything. I'm still under this spell or whatever uh-huh. that that be. I like that she's alive. And I think she's still out there, even if it's for a cameo or a little bit part or a funny part, you know, a consultation with, sure. with Wanda at some point that we can go back to kind sure. of for that fun. I mean, you also That's have always to... always out there. We also have to remember... Even if they never go back to Agatha Harkness, they did leave her alive. So the, the door is open. And they literally say, like, we'll be seeing you. You need me, maybe. They, they leave the door open. But let's, let's remember, this is the MCU. And they killed Kate Blanchett after one movie. You know, like, they, it don't matter. Oh, I know. But rarely do, does someone just disappear. Like, we did that. Right. With some people from the Incredible Hulk, but that's a whole nother story. Sure, so. but even like Sam Rockwell showed up in a in a one shot, you know, sure. after he did Justin Hammer. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys are always littered about. So who yep. knows what could happen with Agatha? Yep. Uh, we also we mentioned Monica gets mm-hmm. called in. Boom! There's we a ass- scroll. We assume she's going to space. We assume she's going to space because uh, what does she say? It's like a friend of your mom's. Heard you got grounded, wants to talk with you, where, scroll points up, like we're going to space. Yep. And that could lead into a number of possibilities, but that was our first, uh, it was our mid credit scene. Mm-hmm. And then we get the end credit scene where Wanda has pulled her own Incredible Hulk, where she's out in a cabin somewhere, literally like Edward Norton <laughs> at the end of the Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. where she's... Enjoying a nice cup of tea, seems like, and uh, with a really cool one shot. Like I, I imagine it was digitally stitched together, but a pretty cool one shot that goes from a helicopter shot to the mountains, all the way through the door of the cabin, turning into the bedroom, and now we have what appears to be like the astral projection of Wanda. If I could use a term from Doctor mm-hmm. Strange, mm-hmm. Uh, another version of Wanda, the supernatural witch, Scarlet Witch version of Wanda, mm-hmm. all decked out in her costume, doing some weird Doctor Strange stuff, reading from the mm-hmm. the Death Darkhold, the Darkhold, mm-hmm. aka the Book of the Damned, aka yep. Wanda, don't go messing with the Book of the Damned. Haven't you watched the Evil Dead movies? Like, come on. Also, get a very slow version of the Doctor Strange theme. So, again, we've said, you know, oh, is there going to be a WandaVision season two? It's going to be Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Well, and we've already kind of been told that. Like, that's not necessarily a very good secret. We've already been told that Wanda is 
very heavily involved in Doctor Strange too. So. We don't know in what capacity. We don't know if she's gonna be good, if she's gonna be bad, if she's messing with the sure. with the damned. I don't know. Yep. And then the very last thing we see, and this I think is gonna t- is gonna tie into it, is she hears the voices of her kids, who we thought disappeared when she closed the hex. But she hears the voices but it of happens her kids. off screen, so we never know. You don't know. And I will also say, you know, and this gets into, you know, guesses and things like that. There's a, a, a very good foundation, not just in MCU, but in movies in general, of like powerful evil beings luring people to places mm. with the sounds of loved ones and uh-huh. things like that. And so, like, if you go back to the sort of House M storyline and, like, kind of the the tie-in of the two kids to Mephisto, uh-huh. like, that's still kind of in play that he could be out there because, you know, there was kind of the talk between Agatha and Scarlet Witch about there was, I believe, some kind of reference to not necessarily a specific being, but, like, some stories and... Um, you know, legends when or she's like flipping through the dark hole. Like yes. she says stuff. One of the I don't I know what you're talking about. I don't remember exactly what she says. One of the things she does say that I do remember is that the Scarlet Witch is more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. Yep. Which is Doctor Strange. Yep. So Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of ed play there. Obviously we know I say that loosely that we're going to get the boys back in some form. It's heavily, heavily rumored that they will be part of the Young Avengers, which I don't Uh know that we've had announced, but they seem to be assembling, for lack of (laughs) better term. No. And and the other and the other thing though is supposedly, um, both of the actors who played the boys were reported to be filming scenes in. Doctor Strange 2 in London. Oh, there you go. So And not for nothing, kind of to go off of what you were just saying there. And let's let's just lead right into what could be coming up. Let's start with Young Avengers. It's one of the few things I don't have on my list here, mm-hmm. but we have The Boys. Yes. We also have Black Widow coming out with mm-hmm. with Florence Pugh as mm-hmm. a younger Black Widow, just throwing it out there. We also have Miss Marvel scheduled to come out later this year uh, in the fall with a younger superhero. We also have Hawkeye scheduled to come out where we have Haley Haley Steinfeld, Steinfeld, Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop, a young new Hawkeye. Yep, we got Cassie from Ant Man. We got Cassie Lang, who's in the comic books, is a character called Stature, who has the same type of stature. I think it's Stature. I thought it was Stinger for some reason. It might be Stinger. I could swear. How much you want to bet right now? Uh, right I'm here, live on the podcast. One dollar. Stature. All right, here we go. All I'm right. bringing it up. Cassie Lang. Cassie Lang. She is. Come on, baby. Looking for Some real-time research. Stature, Stinger. Ah, aunt, both. Ant <laughs> aunt girl and giant Son girl. Son of so. a bitch. These comics with all their different names. <laughs> it's a wash. It's a push. <laughs> but yes, I mean, we they are, you know, go, like to say they are going and, and bringing in younger actors, younger characters in, in I mean, just put the pieces together. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Well, I mean, if Disney wants to continue world domination... They need to, something to need. appeal. Like I have kids. Yeah. As as much as my oldest, who's four and a half, enjoys Spider Man right. and that, like right. some of these are a little too intense for that age group and even the age group a little bit above. So you need like young Avengers can easily be like what Star Wars Rebels and right. Resistance and some of those things were to you know, the overall just Star wait. Wars French franchise. You just franchise. wait in 2030 when we get Avengers 7 <laughs> or 8 and it's all of those characters we just listed off, up. <laughs> but they're all in like their 30s now. Like it's, it's uh, I can't even think about it. It's wild. So we have stuff like that, you know. We have 
it's reasonable to assume that that stuff is going to show up. We already mentioned Wanda. As far as what's coming up next for Wanda, she, there's there's no speculation, no secret. She's in. Doctor She's Strange in too. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Lock it in. Again, to what capacity, we don't know. But she will be in it. Monica Rambo. There's a couple of possibilities we can go with there. Obviously, number one, there's some unresolved stuff with Cap, the first Captain Marvel, with uh, with Brie Larson's character, because there's that moment in in earlier episodes where she's like, "We're not talking about Carol Danvers or whatever." Mm-hmm. She's not too happy with Auntie Carol, and I have to imagine that now that she's got her own superpowers, we're going to have to have a conversation about that. So Monica Rambeau in Captain Marvel two. I say lock it in. I also want to bring up the Secret Invasion miniseries or television show or Disney Plus series that they're going to be putting together. Now, Secret Invasion is what a lot of MCU fans thought was going to be the next big overarching story for the next few phases. Um, And obviously the Infinity Saga was the first, you know, however 30 however many movies there were 25 or whatever but secret invasion was a big 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 deal in the comic books because they basically just said oh all of these superheroes that you know they're actually all aliens trying to invade the earth and about 50% of the characters that we had grown to grown up to know turned out to be aliens and it all turned out to be a secret invasion by the evil scrolls and we're getting teases of that, as we said, with the scrolls posing as Nick Fury, albeit in a in a friendly manner. And now we get a scroll showing up in WandaVision, and we know they're going to make a Secret Invasion Disney Plus series. So it'll be interesting to see if that ties into that series at all, if that series is going to have Nick Fury involved, because Nick Fury's in space right now, and if that is going to have any larger overarching consequences just as we ask ourselves now, will WandaVision have any larger overarching consequences? Yeah, it'll also be interesting because the other thing that we get out, I think I think it's supposed to come out this summer, is the talking about things for kids is What If. Yeah, July. And that's an animated show that... Has all the voices of the has characters. Has all the voices, and it's already established to like pretty much name someone who was in the first... Uh, All of them. Even Chadwick. Yep. Chadwick's in there. Haley Atwell is Peggy Carter. Josh Brolin even as Thanos. Yep. Like pretty much everybody. And it's a bunch of alternate, you know, mm-hmm. alternate stories. Like what if Peggy Carter became Captain Britain? What if uh, T'Challa was picked up by the Ravagers instead of Star-Lord? What if T'Challa became Star-Lord? So like all kinds of crazy shit in that show. Yep be very interesting to see what that's going to be like. Um, We have, obviously, we said White Vision is out there somewhere, so how is that going to play out? And then we have Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is the most, the next thing coming out. And I do want to mention, if this spreadsheet on Reddit is right, that was from, I think, a couple of weeks ago, it's a it's a spreadsheet and it's on the uh, what is it the Marvel Studios subreddit, and it says, "Am I crazy or are they going to release something new every week for the rest of the year?" And they basically have nine weeks of Wandavision. Next week we're getting a making of, and then six weeks of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which are rumored to be hour long episodes, and then a making of, and then Black Widow. And then a week later, a making of. And then six weeks of Loki, a making love. Shang-Chi and a making love. What if for 10 weeks? Miss Marvel for another six. Eternals. Hawkeye. Literally, they have it scheduled out that we're going to get a new Marvel thing every week for the rest of the year. So maybe we just turn this podcast and we just rebrand it into a Marvel podcast. Sounds like fun. Um, <laughs> now, there's no guarantee here. Like, there's no guarantee. They never said anything about a Black Widow or any of their feature films getting making of documentaries. Sure. Sure. So there's no guarantee there. But I did want to point out one other interesting thing before we uh, just kind of as talking about the Falcon of Winter Soldier and then talking about where we think that this, this MCU is going to be going. Have you watched the 
Marvel Legends episodes on Disney Plus yet? I don't think I have. So they're not very advertised. And frankly, I get it. But they are really, really cool. And I wanted to take a second to just talk about them. What they are is they're basically extended character trailers for the characters that are going to be in the next series. So they did Marvel Legends for Wanda uh, Maximoff and for Vision. And they are basically six-minute recaps of their involvement in the MCU. And it's really cool to see their greatest hits. It was really cool to see Wanda show up at the end of The Winter Soldier, go through her vision in Age of Ultron, Civil War, all that stuff. And they just released the two for Falcon and The Winter Soldier, Bucky. And I highly recommend them as cool, really, really cool little refreshers as to who these characters are and where they stood as of the last time we saw them. Um can't recommend them enough. I mean, you're not getting any new information, but they are delightful little refreshers. So, David, just to wrap this up, one of the things that I wanted to mention, and this will be a little bit of a shorter episode, which is perfectly fine, but one of the things that I, I kind of wanted to speculate with you a little bit on where we think this is going, and I kind of told you today, I kind of see it going like Marvel kind of has three paths right now, mm-hmm. and obviously they're going to converge, but right now... I see like they have their magic and their mysticism path, which was WandaVision, which is going to be Doctor Strange 2, and maybe even uh, Spider-Man 3. Okay, so that's we're talking about mysticisms. We're talking about multiverses, right? And then we have this kind of sci-fi space and time related section, which we got... Obviously, we mentioned Captain Marvel, too. We mentioned Secret Invasion. But also, we have Thor, Love and Thunder, which is currently in production in Australia right now. And then we have the, the grounded ones, the, the, the skill, the military, the black ops, which is your Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is Black Widow, Hawkeye. You know, and you can kind of feel how some of these other series are going to fit into it. Loki would fit into space and time. Miss Marvel is probably going to fit into and might fit into space and time as well. Maybe a little spec ops. Hawkeye would fit into the spec ops thing as well. So I don't know. I just I maybe it's just me trying to separate these things out. But that's what it feels like to me. What does it feel like to you? What does it feel like we have coming up? Yeah, I think I think the thing that's still in the back of my head as I think about what's coming up is the wild card of the intended order of all of this. Yes, that's like we a were very supposed to get Black Widow and Falcon and the Winter Soldier before we got WandaVision. And so and Black Widow has been one that's kind of been out there for a long time and it's set to take place in between uh, Civil War and Infinity War yep. is what we're told, at least from yep. rumors. That Basically to fill that gap between the time where she says, Tony tells her like they're going to come after you. And so because we're going backwards like that, which we haven't done a whole lot, like Captain Marvel's really the only time we took a significant step backwards. Right. Like we're, we're asking everybody to go pre-snap, which is a little interesting. And so because of that, I feel like we're going to get some nuggets, but I also think it may just be kind of like, here's a tribute almost to like Scarlett Johansson as well as to introduce who's the next uh, Black Widow. Sure. And so I don't know that that's really going to progress our overall story a whole lot. and, And we may get Legends episodes about Black Widow. We might get yeah, Legends absolutely. episodes on. So I don't know that characters. that's going to really progress whatever big phase we're in right now. Phase, I mean, technically very, phase four. Very far, other than maybe just bridging us to some characters that may be prevalent, but not, I don't think any like bigger concepts are going to be introduced. Like, right. you know, I don't think it's going to be like the equivalent of us seeing the Tesseract or something like that, you know, like we did when we got Captain America or something like that. So I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier could be something a little bit 
similar. I think we're going to get a lot of inter character introductions that will play a role in future stories. Yeah. But I don't know that we're going to get a lot of like questions answered because again this was something that was supposed to come out before WandaVision. So you think that we're not going to get a ton of questions answered necessarily related to WandaVision because as you said a lot of what's coming out now was supposed to be before it. Yeah. So we're kind of kind of have to build backwards. Yep. And then cuz Doctor Strange doesn't come out uh, until like next it year, I don't think. It wouldn't even surprise me if we potentially are in some way introduced to what was the the sword agent in this one? Which that one ends up going to jail? It's a freaking Tyler or something or other. Tyler All Harrison I or something. Tyler. I think, I think it's Harrison. But anyways, he's a dick. Anyways, like it wouldn't surprise me if like he's somehow in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like right. if they have run-ins with sword or something like that, uh -huh. and like it wouldn't be surprising if like you kind of fill in kind of the universe a little bit and build those connections and some of that like you know kind of the nerves between stories and that but I don't think we're gonna get some big reveal of like because I do feel like this this phase is gonna be very heavy on multiverse uh -huh. multi-dimensions and things like that yeah but I don't know that Black Widow and Falcon and the Winter Soldier are going to be much like I think in essence, Black Widow and Falcon and the Winter Soldier are going to be in essence our Iron Man and Iron Man 2 of this phase. OK. In the sense that like it's character building. Uh huh. We get introduced to some new people. We maybe get to, you know, understand the background on people that are going to be heavily involved in the next eight years of our life sure but like outside Jesus. outside of that we don't really you know know a whole lot else of what's to come well i mean i'll tell you what we know a lot of things about falcon and the winter soldier obviously we know uh, oh fed's gonna have falcon and it's gonna have the winter soldier the thing that i would say on that is we don't really like we kind of have how falcon is like personality wise sure but like we haven't really gotten to know Bucky. No. Post, obvi obviously we saw how he was with Steve when they were younger. Uh huh. But like, in this whole Winter Soldier, like all he's done is pretty much fight. Like right. he hasn't really had a ton of personality it, to him. It feels outside of that end scene with him and Falcon and Captain America. Right. Old Captain America. It. F I feel like it's gonna be a new version of a Tony and Cap type. Where Falcon is just the loud mouth, just jibber jabber, talker, make fun of people, make jokes. And Bucky's just like, okay, what's the plan? He's the soldier. And we see that in the trailer, too. Now, Bucky's not going to be Cap in terms of, like, you know, stand-up guy. Yeah. But he's going to be, like, the mission guy, you know? And I think and I, I think, think it's going to be, really be more Starsky and Hutch than Cap oh, and Iron Man. I think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. I think that's probably buddy comedy, buddy yes. cop. Buddy cop, but we know we're getting we know we're getting Sharon Carter back. Mm -hmm. We know uh, she's coming back. We know that we're getting George St. Pierre's coming back as Bar as Batroc the Leaper, Leper, not Leaper. Uh, no Leaper. Yeah, because and he was in the Winter Soldier. He was the guy who who went toe to toe with Cap at the beginning of Winter Soldier. Uh, we know that we're getting Zemo. We're getting Baron Zemo back, mm -hmm. and he's. Full blown Baron Zemo, and I love that they are like, we now have a free pass to do the correct, like, to put Baron Zemo in a purple ski mask, like his comic book looks like, or we have the power to put Wanda in her red Scarlet Witch crown, like, that's really cool, and I'm into it. We also know. That we are getting, and I don't have uh, I don't have his name up in front of me, but I said before, we are getting Wyatt Russell as the government-sanctioned new version of Captain America, which, if you've seen in the trailers, there's the one shot of Captain America running onto a football field, high-fiving the band leader. That is not just that's the spoilers. I don't know what you want to call them. That is not Bucky. That is not Falcon. 
That is Wyatt Russell's character, who's this this imposter Captain America. Not imposter Captain America. I mean, he's the government's appointed Captain America. But that guy doesn't exactly have the most spotless record. Let's just say, you know how you say, like, oh, no, no, no. The government is basically telling us. I think his name is Scott Walker. No, it's not Scott Walker. Um, But... The government is basically telling us, like, John Walker. Damn, I was close. That they're like, no, John Walker's cool. John Walker's cool. He's cool. He can be Captain America. He's cool. And guess what? He's not cool. He's like freaking Wangro in heat. Like, he's, he's, he, he cannot be trusted. And I am excited to see how they deal with the politics of it. You know, I'm I'm excited to see how the they talk about they're gonna they're gonna break down the the mantle of what it means to be Captain America amongst a black Air Force veteran, a a one armed World War II veteran slash Hydra assassin, and. This other rando, like I'm, I'm, you, I'm excited for that. You know what we actually probably get is, and correct me if I'm wrong. Was Wandavision the first time we really got? Look at that! Look at that! Goose. Got sword. Yeah. And so, that was something that wasn't really explained in Wandavision, which they felt s- a little weird. I mean, I know it gave a little bit. They said that her mom, her mom founded, founded it. it, but like we didn't really get much more of. No. Like introduction of what this organization is, and so I could easily see Falcon and the Winter Soldier explaining that aspect. Like, yeah. Sword is basically what replaced Shield, or or came after Shield as far as that that big organization. So I could see that being something that that we get out of Falcon and the Winter Soldier that connects with Wandavision. Look at that goober! You can find a picture of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier version of of U.S. Agent John Walker just by Googling U.S. Agent John Walker. I can't wait for it. But you're right. Like, that's going to be something else. What is sword? What is shield? Is there a shield? Who knows? But all I know is it's amazing that we only have to wait two weeks Mm -hmm. for Falcon and the Winter Soldier to come. And then if everything holds up, and listen, as pessimistic as I have been about the state of movies and whatnot, Everything really seems on track for Black Widow to come out on May 7th. And uh, boy, can I not wait for that. I, we will be in a movie theater. We will be seeing that, no question, when it's out. Fingers crossed that I don't curse and jinx the whole thing right now. But we will absolutely be doing that after Falcon and the Winter Soldier is done. Because Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be done at the end of April. We'll get a making of, and then boom, we're into Black Widow. So, like, sign me up, man. Hook me into the Marvel Matrix. This is my life now. Hook me in. I don't care. I'll take the blue pill. I'll take the red pill, and we'll go in. That is going to do it for our WandaVision recap and our look forward to everything else that's going on with Marvel. Before we wrap up, I want to remind you all that you can get free episodes of this podcast Sent to you just by hitting the subscribe button, hitting the follow button. So take a second, hit the button. Give us a rating, write us a review, share us with your other good movie buddies. Also, don't forget to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet and consider becoming a patron of the podcast. Of course, we don't want you to forget that you can also follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at the Popcorn Diet. And last, but certainly not least... You can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and we'll see you next time on the Popcorn Diet. Adios.